How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Welcome to Episode 6 of the Locked on Bucks podcast presented by brewhoop.com. I am Eric Name, and with me... Once again, still in Las Vegas, Frank Madden, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I am the uh, podcasting, the NBA podcast equivalent of the little girl that fell into the well. Uh, <laughs> trapped trapped in Vegas, trying to get out. No, it is still Saturday. We were recording. We, we were, this is our fourth podcast we're recording today. Uh, I am fired up, Eric. I'm, I'm still high energy, positive. Uh, after this, I'm going to go back and watch some more horrible basketball uh, at the Thomas and Max Center. So I'm excited about Heck that. Yeah. Maybe what... get a uh, maybe get a Rebel Dog, which is what they call the very mediocre hot dogs uh, in is there spe- in Las Vegas here. I'm a, I'm a, I'm imagining a Simpsons Isotope Dog. Um, <laughs> are there Southwest uh, fixings on said Rebel Dog? That's a good question. Uh, my fixings, uh, my fixings include ketchup and nothing else. So I'm very boring <laughs> when it comes to that. So, uh, but it, I had one yesterday. It was, it was totally okay. Uh, I did not have any horrible indigestion or anything like that. But the Rebel Dog has become something of a inside joke with uh, all the other people that I spend time with here uh, among the media in uh, in Vegas. It's sort of it's sort of like when you're hitting rock bottom. That you know you go to the Rebel Dog. That's it's not a it's not a great place to be. Someone comes power- back and you're like, oh, you just had a rebel yeah. dog. Oh. Yeah, I was actually I ate a rebel dog yesterday, and I sat down and there was nobody else in my row except J. A. Adande had sat down like two spots over from me. So he and he was eating like a pretzel, and I was sitting there just like, you know, eating this hot dog while feeling totally horrible about myself. <laughs> um, I didn't make eye, t- eye contact with him. I didn't dare try to <laughs> that, make eye contact. That was probably for the best. Yeah. So, uh, so we have. Uh, another couple more questions. These were kind of different kinds of questions, uh, questions that aren't as time sensitive. So we wanted to kind of put them at the end, uh, but they're interesting questions that you know I'm, I'm sure people might find worth debating and and are, have been floating around there. And the first question is from Andrew Cho or Andrew Chu. Uh, I hope Andrew, I got one of those right. And he wanted to ask about the possibility and consequences of the Bucks having their own D-League team. And so this is something that has come out in the last couple months. We've found out that the Bucks sort of put out this RFQ for uh, cities slash, you know, investors or whatever to sort of apply or make their case for uh, getting a D-League team. And the idea would be to have, at long last, a single affiliate D-League team. Right now the Bucks are one of only, I think, a few teams that does not have their own D-League team, and as a result, when you know Damian Ingles last year or Shad Vaughn was going to be sent down to the D-League, basically there's this like weird allocation process where you don't know where they're going to go, and a team that has an affiliation with an NBA team is basically like you know taking your player in foster care in the D-League, yeah. and so as a result, you know the Bucks have no desire to send people to the D-League. Basically, it's a huge slap in the face. It should be not surprising at all that the Bucks released Damian Ingles, given that they sent him down to the D-League twice last year um and of course you know the interesting thing is the possibility that um you know all these different cities could could be getting 
a D-League team and, you know, I mean, the, obviously people, whenever you talk about D-League team, you know, people will talk about Madison, um, lacrosse has been mentioned, uh, Oshkosh, uh, Racine has been mentioned, Sheboygan's been mentioned, um, you know, I, I don't know if they've been linked, uh, you know, Racine and Kenosha are kind of close, but anyway, kind of like all you know, the, yeah, the, the cities gonna, you'd expect. I was gonna say, I think the five that we've gotten some sort of report on them actually filing an RFQ was Racine, Lacrosse, Oshkosh, um, Little Chute, maybe, which is Appleton, essentially. Grand Chute, I thought. Oh, there I, you go, Grand Chute. <laughs> there you go. It was, I, it was a chute. I was just, I was just out there trying to get one of them. Um, <laughs> Grand shoot, Sheboygan, yeah, right. which is Appleton and then Sheboygan. So yeah. those are the five we've heard, um, or I shouldn't say have heard, but have been reported to actually have those RFQs filled out. So I don't really know if anyone else has done it. We've heard no reports of anything else. and um, But, yeah, those are the five. Right. So those are the, the cities that have been mentioned. You know, Madison is usually assumed to be in the running, but we haven't really heard anything specifically about Madison. And honestly, I don't have necessarily super strong feelings because it's, I think, a very local question. And, you know, I can't speak to the viability of arenas in these different places. <laughs> um, I, I mean, obviously, it's like, well, in Madison, they have the Kohl Center. But other than that, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly how, how strong these different cities would be. I think the main thing is I. You, I think it's good to have it, you know, not in Milwaukee, <laughs> you know, have yeah. it outside Milwaukee, but also have it probably within like a couple of hour drive just because, you know, if you're going to try to cycle guys up and down uh, to get into games, you know, on off days or, you know, when, you know, a guy hasn't been playing or whatever it might be before a road trip or something like that, it's just good to have that proximity. And, you know, if you want to send like a coach with them or something like that, it's just good not to be, you know, up north or something like that, which, yeah. you know for obvious reasons we haven't necessarily heard about about teams up north. I guess lacrosse is probably the furthest one away. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't really have strong opinions about that. I, I will say this. I mean, I, I, I'm definitely in favor of the Bucks having their own D-League team. Um, but I'd view it more as kind of like a marketing kind of brand extension thing. I think it'd be great. You know, the Bucks have talked a lot about you know, they've they've sent a couple years ago sent Chris Middleton and Bango on a statewide tour and, you know, did camps across the, the state and I think they're doing that right now as well. I think that's great for the team in as far as trying to like be less of a Milwaukee team and more of a yep. Wisconsin team, which is always a, probably a bit more of a challenge for an NBA team just because the demographics of NBA teams kind of skew younger and, you know, more diverse, let's say, and more urban than um, than baseball and, and, you know, the Packers or whatever who are going to do well in the middle of nowhere where, you know, farm country, et cetera. So, um, also, so I think it's- I was going to say also the NBA is just difficult. Like if rarely are NBA games during the day, rarely uh, like and if they're going to be on a weekend then you have to try to find a hotel in milwaukee or somewhere nearby so like with the brewers it can be like all right well the game's at one so we can start our two-hour trip at eight in the morning get there hang out tailgate for a little while watch the game then leave and still get back by the end of the night and the same thing with lambo but with the bucks well there's only so many weekend games and if it's a weekend it's going to be a late end time and it's just difficult for people not in the immediate surrounding area to actually go to an NBA game without planning a, a larger trip. 
yeah, it, that it's a weekend trip at that point. And that's a really good point. Whereas, you know, a Badger football game or or a, a Packer game, you know, you can just sort of make a, a long day of it. And yep. It's easier to be a fan of those those sports. So I, I think it's just a good thing, though, kind of pushing forward and, and making, you know, I, I love my favorite logo that the Bucks have is the Wisconsin State logo. I have a hat with that and I have a shirt with that. I would never and, buy any of the other Bucks logos. <laughs> uh, again, the, the rebrand was cool. All the logos are cool, but I would nothing other than the state logo. Yeah, so I love the state logo one. I would love it if that was on the uh, uh, the floor uh, of the yeah. arena. Um, if there was like if the fear of the deer thing had had that or something like that would yep. be cool. But anyway, um, and it makes sense, right? With like this, there's like you know a state the state deal for the arena, blah blah blah. Even though it's mostly local, but anyway, um, so I think that's a, a great kind of thing that they're doing, and it would be cool to have the D League team. I think as far as like the actual value to the Bucks as a franchise, I don't think it would be that significant uh you know i think a lot of people romanticize the idea of taking you know being able to take a, a rookie and throw him in the d league and it'll be great for him and he gets minutes and etc cetera, etc cetera. and i mean i think there's value in, in letting guys get minutes you know especially a guy like you know rashad bond if he's buried on the bench and playing really poorly can you send him to the d league and get minutes you know, ironically, last year Rashad Bond was just horrible in the D League when they did that. So I don't yeah. know if it helped his his confidence any. Uh, and similarly, this year, I mean, even if the Bucks had their own franchise this coming season, like they're not going to send Thon Maker down for 50 games. I mean, nope. they want these guys to be with the big club. And if you're a really promising young player, even if you're super young or raw or whatever it might be you're going to play sometimes and it's the, the team's going to want to keep you around. So I think it's more of a situational thing that you use the D league. And then I think maybe for like second round picks, um, it's, it's more interesting. And I think the really, the really kind of interesting thing that I hope comes through the next CBA. And this was something that actually Bill Simmons and Chris Ryan were talking about on a podcast the other day, um, was the idea of, you know, adding like a third round to the NBA draft and basically, then you know somehow making that basically like a D League affiliation thing, where then hmm. you know if you were picked in the third round, you don't need to get um, you know team doesn't need to offer you a contract necessarily, but if you play in the D League, then uh, you'll go to their affiliate, you know something like that. Yeah. I think that would be cool. I mean, there's a separate D League draft, but I think it'd be cool to have draft night also have that sort of extension because there are always players. I think that would be interesting to see get drafted in a third round that you know you'd want to then put. Uh, in the D League, so I think that would be cool. Especially, you know, hopefully they're they're well, they are trying to raise salaries in the D League. I think it would be awesome if they could bring, you know, because um, right now guys make like you know fifteen to twenty five thousand dollars a year in the D League, and it's like that's kind of hard to do that, especially when you can make a lot more overseas. And yep. um, you know, to to raise salaries to even like you know seventy five thousand dollars, hundred thousand um, dollars, that would do a lot to I think make the D League a lot more interesting and competitive. Because obviously guys would rather play in the u.s and and be seen by nba teams versus you know immediately just go over to europe where they can make very good money but you know there's a lot of other stuff that goes with that so i don't know if it'd be a huge value you know in terms of like you're not going to suddenly like develop all these like you know sleeper prospects and things like that but i think it, it is kind of a nice practical option for development purposes and also just like if you can install your system I mean, this is the big thing with the like you know having a team that is running the same system and has a coaching staff that's aligned with your actual NBA team is just very valuable so that there's consistency between those. And, you know, again, even if you don't have guys under contract there, if you have guys playing in your system that you can kind of get to play a certain way, um, you know, if you then have injuries and we need to add a D-League guy or something like that, then you have a pipeline that you can kind of find, you know, that guy off the street who actually 
knows your system and, and can fit in well. So I, I, I think it'd be interesting. I don't know if you had anything else to add on it. I don't think it's some like massive, you know, value add for, for the roster, but I think it's, it'd be a good thing for the brand and it'd be, you know, something that's be a useful option to have for, for players. Yeah. I think it's a brand and outreach value add. I would say as for the roster, I don't know how much it really helps. Um, I, I think the thing that's, that's kind of interesting with D league teams is, Sometimes, like you said, if they can play your system, then it's it's a very good thing. The only thing I worry about with this Bucks roster and this Bucks coaching staff is that the offense isn't necessarily the the thing that's difficult. I, I think they're very they have a very simplistic offense, and I would assume that's probably by design since they have so many young players. But the difficult thing is the defense, and. I don't know how much D-League basketball people have watched, but the D and D-League does not stand for defense. Like, it, it just <laughs> o, does not. O-League would probably be a better be a better. Correct. Um, no one's really playing defense down there. So even if you do have the right coaches in there that can implement the Bucks' defensive system with the crazy rotations and traps, et cetera, I don't know how useful that would be. Obviously, having the right message getting sent to players – at a lower level is always a good thing and obviously that's how you build a larger program and you you can see how that's useful in just about any high school program and college programs etc so i there is some value to be had there but like you said i don't think it's a transformational uh kind of change that getting a d-league team would all of a sudden turn the bucks into one of the best teams in the league that that's not going to happen and I guess, again, it's nice to have a loose affiliation with players that you could have a chance to hit on some sleeper prospects, guys that know your system and can immediately make an impact. That can help on the margins. Maybe that wins you a game in the season, and winning one more extra game is is pretty big. Like that, That's a big thing. Um, but at the same time, that's, that's not a huge thing that in the end you're going to say, oh, man, when we pulled up that guy from the D League and he was not awful and was just fine uh, for those five games he was up, that, was, that, was, that won us another game. You, you're never going to think about it like that. But at the same time, it, it is a good thing. Um, but, yeah, brand – uh, kind of outreach into the rest of Wisconsin, always a good thing. Um, and, and I think that you can do some cool things with branding and logos and getting more people involved. And like you said, uh, trying to make it a state team is really what it's all about. And with Green Bay, obviously that's a big thing because Green Bay is so small that all of Wisconsin loves the Packers. And I think with the Brewers, I think for the most part, that's kind of been how it is. And it is because Miller Park is so much fun and you can tailgate and you can make a weekend. Maybe you can even make a day trip on a Thursday in summer when they have a day game or something like that. But that same opportunity isn't there for the Bucks. So any chance they can take to reach further into the state is a good thing. Agreed. And so the next question we have uh, is – not related per se, but I think kind of a similar general kind of idea, which is from Sam Robinson, who asks, what actual impact will the new stadium have on the product the Bucks put on the court? And I think that's an interesting question. You know, uh, you you hear kind of references in uh, in the local media about like, oh, well, you know, the Bucks want to, you know, you want to have a good team when you move into that new building or uh, the Kings, people say like, oh, well, the Kings don't want to trade DeMarcus Cousins because they have to have him when they move into their new building. And I don't know if teams really think about it that way. I, I don't think necessarily. I don't, I'll say this. I don't think the, the GM is thinking like, oh, wait, when am I moving into a building? Okay, that's the year I want to be good. Um, 
but I think, uh, you know, and as far as the intangible impact, which I think is what the question is sort of getting at, um, you know, does, does having a, a nice arena make for a better destination for free agents or can you retain guys more easily? Um, I don't know, Eric, what do you think about that? And I, I should add to this, you know, the, the new practice facility is coming even sooner, right? I think that's, um, yep. that's a bit sooner. So, uh, do you think new practice center downtown, new arena downtown, do you think that will improve the Bucks product on the court or do you think it's, you know, kind of more just thing for fans, just a general kind of business thing to have? Well, for one, it's going to improve the product at Brew Hoop because that's going to make me a lot more willing to go to practice. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but I, I think that's a good point that I, I think the practice facility um, and the arena obviously being top notch is a good thing. And, you can try to sell players on that, but I don't know if that's as big of a deal as somewhat just, I guess just imagine being a free agent coming into MKE and then instead of driving to St. Francis through some small town, you're going to drive straight up right through downtown. You're going to get to see the city. You'll get to see Lake Michigan and then you'll get to come to the practice facility. That's going to be right downtown, right by the stadium. You're going to see a world-class facility there and then know that there's another world-class facility as an arena. And all you can think about during that time is, oh, this is a world-class organization. Right now, if you go to the practice facility, you enter on a small ground level building then you crawl down into the basement and obviously it looks nice and they've done a lot of nice things but it's not quite the same as a as a shining jewel in the middle of downtown milwaukee um so i i think that's kind of where it's more of just kind of getting the message across that this is a world-class organization um and that's where all of that kind of helps out with and and again so many teams have made improvements in these kind of places and i guess it's probably no different than a lot of the trips that they take but being able to be on the same class as those other teams is obviously quite helpful and then i think one of the more transformational things with the new ownership has been the money they've put into uh, the training staff the medicine obviously every other week you hear something about Suki Hobson and what she's doing with Jabari or what she's doing with Giannis or, or or any of those things and I think one of their priorities has been with that facility to put in more things that they can use the catapult systems that they have there um, the catapult sports information systems and and use more of that technology that their entire training staff wants to use so again I think it's just pushing that this is a world-class organization and that's how things are done in the NBA in Milwaukee. And if you come to Milwaukee, you're going to get the best of the best. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that it, it, it's, it's in your case for a free agent or to retain a guy or whatever it might be. Uh, it's not, you know, the primary deciding factor. Yeah. I mean, ultimately the product on the court, um, is I think determined by the talent on the roster for the most part, and the willingness of people to come is is you know closely tied to that. So and really, you want it to be to that point where you, the the free agent or the guy that you're trying to retain is saying, well, pretty much everything else is the same. The training is going to be world class wherever I go. The facilities are going to be world class wherever I go. So it, really, all I should be concerned about is the product on the court, and then that's on you as an organization to have the best product on the court. So if, if you can get it to the point where every, everything else is equal, what am I making my decision on? It should be what's on the court, and hopefully you've 
assembled a roster that should win those arguments. Yeah, and with with that world class facility and and the practice facility and the arena, uh, you're giving yourself hopefully some tiebreakers, right? That yep. that if if to you're you're going head to head with another team that um, that you know you can sort of change the perception that Milwaukee isn't just this you know sleepy snowy midwestern town or whatever it might be. And I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm just speculating, but I I do think you know being able to say that hey. You can live downtown. You know, you get an apartment. There are going to be, I'm sure, new apartment buildings popping up all over the place down there. But, you know, get an apartment building downtown. We know some players who've, who've lived in some of the apartments near where the, um, you know, old and new arenas are going to be. Um, but you can just get an apartment downtown. You can just walk to the practice facility. You can walk to the arena. Uh, you know, it's something that you can't do now because the arena, the practice facility is in St. Francis. Yep. The arena is downtown. So I, I think that's very appealing and it makes. Um, it makes the city more livable for a player from a player perspective because you're not having to, you know, drive your car to St. Francis and blah blah blah. So I do think that the combination of those things being, you know, proximate to one another, being downtown, I think it just creates a more positive atmosphere that, you know, again is is not going to totally change things, but I think for um, players as obviously as well as fans, clearly for fans, it's going to be a, a more interesting experience. I, I think it does just create a a more dynamic sort of sense around the franchise that, that hopefully translates to uh, the players around the team now, you know, being more engaged and maybe being a little bit better uh, than they might otherwise be. Uh, and, and obviously maybe being more of a destination, which hopefully will coincide with, uh, you know, Giannis Jabari, et cetera, being guys that, that blossom into stars that, that people want to play with. So I was going to add also that um, I don't think, like you said, like I don't think teams – well-run teams maybe maybe the kings are doing it and that's a whole other topic on it on its own but i I don't think teams are actively thinking we have to be good this year or we can be bad in that first year of the arena because we're going to sell it out anyways because people are going to be coming i don't think that comes into their thinking at all I, i think at all times GMs, assistant GMs, coaches are thinking how do we put the absolute best product on the floor i don't i don't think that comes into their thinking at all whether or not they're in a new arena, old arena, any arena. They're just worried about the product on the court. Yeah, and it, well, I mean, at minimum, it shouldn't, right? No. Um, you know, the the marketing guys might always, you know, have a little bit more incentive. The guys selling tickets might always have more incentive, obviously, to for the good product now versus later. Um, but I think as an organization, you know, big picture, uh, I think things are aligning well for the Bucks, right? I think, uh, you know, and, and maybe that's a famous last <laughs> last words <laughs> thing to say, but uh, certainly. Uh, relative to where the team was last year, where hopefully they're going to get next year, and then the year after, you obviously uh, hope that that this is a team that you know once 2018 comes, that uh, that they will be in a spot where you know they're not just decent, but they're actually going to be be very, very good. And uh, hopefully Giannis and Dubari and and Chris Middleton and whoever else, I don't know how good Don Maker will be, but hopefully he'll be a big part of that too. Uh, hopefully all those guys can uh, become something special by then and uh, just imagine how fun you're you're gonna have how much fun you'll have uh, being credentialed at games when uh, when when the team is in the playoffs and you know you have a brand new arena isn't that isn't that just beautiful to think about that years from now just isn't that really what it's all about like how happy I am because that that's the way I'm thinking about it I'm my my trips home for Christmas to see Bucks games will be that much better so (laughs) I'm I'm excited. The first year will be horrible because there'll be no parking um, True. because of the, the parking structure and the schedule of stuff. But other than that, I think we can get we can get through it. And hopefully the uh, 
hopefully the basketball will, will match the, the quality of, uh, <laughs> of the new facilities. So anyway, uh, that's it for today's podcast. Uh, that was hope- mailbag week. We just knocked out mailbag we na- week. We just knocked out mailbag week. Uh, I'm still in a, in a hotel in Las Vegas. Uh, the firefighters are coming to get me out hopefully soon. <laughs> And then I will be released into the outside world. So I'm gonna go uh, find myself a rebel dog and uh, get to have a have a vaguely not depressing final night here in Las Vegas <laughs> before I finally get to go home. So thank you, Eric, and thanks to everyone for listening. Subscribe at the link in our story. I think if you go to audioboom.com/channel/locked-hot-on dash bucks you can also see the uh, itunes and rss feeds there so be sure to subscribe and as we said uh if we reviews. start getting some reviews um then uh, we'll we'll give shouts out shouts out shout outs probably shout outs yeah. eh, we'll give shout outs to uh to anybody who who does us a solid with uh with a good review and by good review i mean guys we you know what we mean we want the five stars okay like look we're we're not above asking for that. Okay? No, so. I'm not. I'm not giving shout outs or anything above the, or for yeah. anything below that. Yeah, you can. I mean, you, in your review, you can say like, "You guys are terrible. You're the worst. You guys You're are all terrible. idiots. That's fine." Right. Frank uh, drones on and is super bad at his job of <laughs> podcasting, but just give us the five stars anyway, and then we'll we'll shout you out, and maybe we'll even address your concerns if you give us five <laughs> stars and then complain. So. So that's it for us. Hope you're having a great week, and we'll have more very soon on Locked on Bucks, presented by BrewHoop.com. Thanks, everybody.